The Lord was saying, and Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I'm Christ, and shall deceive many. And he shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, and see that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For the nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. And all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then, they, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. So this is what I just wanted to open the scripture with because we all can see what is unfolding. This coronavirus, it is a, a pandemic. But the purpose of this meeting is just to come and reflect and say, what is the message perspective on this pandemic so that we can assist one another in terms of getting a message perspective? Are we aligned? Yeah. Now, a lot of people would say, I'm not afraid of something, but if you ask such a person, say, what are you not afraid of? If you can fail to explain what you are not afraid of, is you, are, you being not afraid is not because you are courageous, it's because you are ignorant. But when you have profiled the enemy and you understand the enemy and the genesis of the enemy and you say, I'm not afraid, that's boldness. So therefore, I invite uh, Brother Mutabi is a medical doctor just to come and give us a perspective of what this is all about. Brother Mutabi, maybe we can just give you a minute and then just take us through. Sorry, Pastor Madiba. Oh. Yeah. Uh, is, this, is this live on Facebook? Not yet. It will go live as we carry on. I didn't want just to delay men of God. Okay. Oh. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was asking that you constantly check those that are coming in, or you make me co-host so that they, when they get in, I quickly add them to the group. You, you, you are, let me see. I think you are a co-host already. Let me see where no, I'm you, not. you now. You are now. You are okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All is well. So I, I just wanted, brother Mshavi, just to give us a perspective uh, or a medical perspective, an overview of what this is all about. We've had a lot of myths. Some are saying uh, it's just an ordinary flu. Uh, Brother Whisper, you'd know that here in Africa we are quite, we, we love embracing myths. Some are saying the black skin offers immunity to this virus. So maybe just to get a, a medical perspective of what is this all about. Over to you, Brother. Good luck. Uh, Shalom, brothers. Uh, from the medical point of view, what I can tell you, the first uh, question that the pastor asked, is it a flu or is it like a common flu? I can tell you that it is not. Because 
it is more lethal, more virulent than a common flu that we normally experience seasonally, especially during winter months. That is why you find that everybody has taken heat. And if you find out, as we found out now, almost all the world, almost a billion people are on lockdown because of this virus. Uh, firstly, we, we know that it is, a, it is made from a, a, from a family of viruses called coronaviruses. So there are a couple of them. Uh, some of them is, ranges from a common cold that we normally experience to the one which is COVID-19, which we, we are experiencing now. Now, the difference between the two is that common cold, everybody has developed immunity against it. But this one, because it's a novel, novel uh, virus, is new. Nobody has immunity to it. That is what has got uh, everybody's attention because if you get it, your body has to fight it. Then if you find out you don't have a, a good immune system or your immune system is compromised in another way, you find out you can succumb to this illness. So far, you've, we've, had, we've seen that it normally affects the elderly. The reason being the elderly are the ones who have a weaker immune system. And then being having a weaker immune system, you find that they have other comorbidities as well, like hypertension, diabetes. So if you find that you have those, because of the way the virus works, getting into your lungs, affecting your lung from there, getting to your blood system, affecting the other organs, especially the heart, you might find that you might actually get it worse. But you find that most of the people, especially almost 80% of them, they will have a very mild symptoms. And then as a result, you might find that um, some of them may not even be know that they have an infection. As a result, that they may be asymptomatic. Now, those are the ones who are more worried about. And those are the ones that has made the whole world to effect the lockdown because If you don't know that you are, infect, you are, you are, you are, you are infected, and then you continue doing on your daily routines, you can actually infect other people. So that is why on my, there's something that I wanted to speak to you about spreadability of the, of the, of the, of the, of the virus. That unlike flu, flu, if you get it, there is a, it has a linear growth. But this virus, when you get it, there's an exponential growth. The reason being flu, when you get it, you can actually infect one person. But when you get coronavirus, you actually infect three people. Then you can imagine it is three people infecting other three people. That means it is one, three, nine, 27. So you'll find that the curve is exponential. So that is why, as the ministers said the other day, the main reason for the lockdown is to start, try to flatten the curve. Because as a result now, if you look at the wire white, the cash is just going up exponentially because why of the way it spreads. Now, by trying to flatten the curve, we need to affect quarantine, social distancing, lockdowns we have done in South Africa so that those people who have been infected, they may not be able to continue to infect others so that the natural uh, the way the virus goes, the natural stages of the virus can go on with those people without them infecting other people. So that, that is how we, we've gone for 21 days. Because normally, if you have the virus, you become, it will be with you for at least a period of 14 to 21 days. 
whereby after 14 days, we can declare you virus-free. That is why if you look at them worldwide, there are some patients who have been tested positive and then others who have had it, had it bad to the extent that they had to be admitted. And then we have a death. And then the death rate uh, so far, it has been between plus or minus 2%. But some countries, depending on the democracies like Italy, it is actually more. It, in this case, we are looking at more than 10%, almost 20%, 12% death rate because of the, the fact that the democratic of that country has more older people than other, other countries, but also because of the health system. Remember, Italy was having an economical uh, struggle there the, during these past few years. So their health system is not as checked up as other countries like Germany, who also have a older uh, generation, more people who are old, but because of the health system, they are able to test more people, put more people on lockdown, while Italy they are only testing people who are symptomatic, which is the strategy that is, we, are, we are doing here in South Africa, which has proved not to be that effective. But with a lockdown, you will find that at least the spread won't be that much to the effect that it will overwhelm our health system. I don't know, Pastor, if you want me to go more on, or is, this, uh, is it fine with you now? Hello. Uh, I can't hear you. I was saying, okay, there we go. I was saying maybe before we get into the spiritual aspect of it, we can just mm. give the ministers maybe if they need a clarification, maybe they need a clarification on what you have said. Maybe they can just pose a question or two before we move. Mm. Okay. Maybe I can shoot first. Uh, Brother Solomon, was the medical field taken by surprise with this virus? I mean, the way it, it is uh, mutating and the way it's spreading. Were they taken by surprise or we have uh, similarities from the past of a similar virus? Oh, yes. We have other disease from the past, uh, from the same family. We have MERS. Uh, mass virus, which is the Mediterranean Respiratory uh, Syndrome, which happened in the, in the Middle East. It also almost behaved the same thing, but now the only difference with this one it was it was an epidemic, unlike a pandemic. So it was localized in an area whereby it only, I have the, some of the statistics about it, because it only infected a maximum of 8,000 people. And from of, of 2,500 people, and from those 2,500, only 850 people died. So this one we knew because it also had a death rate of about 34 percent. And before that, this one happened in 2012. Then we have the SARS, which happened in 20, 2002, also from the same family of uh, coronaviruses. It affected almost 8,000 people. This one was almost worldwide, but it only affected few people. And then it resulted in about 8,800 people succumbing. So it had a death rate of 10%. Now we have this one, COVID-19, which has so far affected close to 700,000 people with a death rate of almost 150,000. Uh, with a yes, fatality rate of almost, I want to check, just to get my stats uh, right, with a fatality rate of about 32,000. So we had other viruses in the past, 
But the only thing with this one is the difference is that this one spreads easily than the others that we had before. That is why it is went from China into all the other countries in the world. You understand? This is why, because the moment you cough, the, the droplets that carries the virus, when it goes on the surface, it is a metal surface, it can remain for up to 24 hours on that surface. So each and every person who will come and touch that surface, potentially if they can touch their, their, their mouth, the nose, the eyes, they can potentially be infected. And then also, that's why I was talking about something that we call an R0. R R0. That is the spreadability of this virus. It is easily spread. That is why it has gone so far and then it spread so quickly. And then the other result, it has even mutated. Because if you look, what is happening in Italy is quite different to what was happening in China. In Italy, the, the strain that when there was more virulent, that is why it has caused more death. Yes. Okay. Any other one with a question before we move along? Am I audible? Yeah. Okay. Maybe by... Yeah, can, can I come in person? Can I come in? Oh, you're most welcome. Shalom, shalom, everyone. Doc, uh, I, I just want to make an inquiry. I'm not sure if I missed you, but then the makeup of this virus uh, on a medical perspective, can you classify it under a natural virus or something that can be classified uh, as a man-made or hybridized virus? I don't know if you had uh, passed through that, but yes, if it is, explain. All right. Most of this virus, we can't say, we don't have any evidence to say that this um, weapon uh, is man-made. They are mostly zoonotic in the fact that they, they are transmitted from animals to men. Like this one that we're having, uh, the, the, the current postulation that we have is that it was from a bed, then it went into a pangolin, and from a pangolin it mutated and was able to spread onto humans. We, we don't have any evidence that to suggest that it might be man-made or a, the mutation might have been created in a lab. No, the virus might have been created in a, in, in a lab. All we know that is that most of these viruses, they are mostly found in animals, especially birds. Then birds will give them to other animals, then from other animals they can jump into, into humans. Even the other ones that we spoke about, especially like the SARS, it was the same thing. It was from birds to cats, then to humans. Even the mass, because it is in the, that was in the Middle East, it was from birds, then from birds it mutated, jumped onto camels, because men and camels, they have a closer contact. Then from, from camels, it managed to mutate, to be able to infect humans. Yes. So, so far, there's no evidence to suggest that it is man-made. So, in a nutshell, medical science um, cannot tell at this stage. But under what circumstances can you come up maybe with a solid assertion to say this virus was actually man-made 
maybe what kind of um, research must you undergo to conclude? Because currently, as we are speaking, I think there are a lot of suggestions that are out there. Some saying it's not natural, some saying it's bread. So I just want to know from a medical point of view so that we can be credible in what we are saying. To say at what stage, what kind of research do you have to go through to, to bring that kind of information if ever it's not classified? Well, um, maybe, maybe, maybe we have a research that can be able to differentiate whether it was done in the lab or it was natural. Because remember, all viruses are natural. But if you have a virus which the humans have no immune system to, or which you find that it was eradicated before, like I can give you smallpox. Smallpox is being eradicated, but there is somewhere in the lab where it is kept. If you can release that smallpox to, to, the, to this new generation, it will be almost like it is made in the lab because nobody will have an immune system to eat as, as we speak because of the fact that it has been eradicated. But if you get it, it will be like a new virus to everyone. So you can use that virus as a weapon of mass destruction if you want to use it because of the fact that most people don't have an immune system. It's the same as Ebola. We had Ebola before. Most, because of the fact that we didn't, we didn't have time to develop a vaccine. If it happens that, it, and then the CDC, Center for Disease, uh, for Disease in America, they do have that virus stored somewhere. So if it, somebody gets it and then uh, releases it, the people that will get it will, can succumb to it because they did not have a chance to develop immune system to it. And remember, even Israel was mostly localized in the America. And the other thing with these viruses, it's not easy to make a vaccine about with it because of the fact that if it affects, infects a few people, for the pharmaceutical companies, they will not be able to make, they don't have a motivation to go and research and do vaccines. But this one, because of the fact that it's affecting so many people already, and then the government has put so much money, like America is doing, pharmaceutical researchers are already on the move to get a vaccine. But the other viruses which you find out they affect a few people. You find out they will have a vaccine because of the fact that there is a monetary gain, money that will gain from it. But if there's no money, you find that they will not have a vaccine. That is why even the mass, the SARS-CoV-1 that we had before, there is no vaccine because it came there and it was contained. And before it was contained, there is no motivation for those people to, to do a vaccine. Yes. Okay, quick one. I, I, and I understand, maybe uh, Pastor Mutasa and Brother Victor, maybe just to understand, uh, remember Brother Mutasa is a medical doctor. He is bound by ethics. So we, we give him to address it from their perspective, but it does not rob us to indulge in our perspective once it's done. So we, we just wanted to understand the, the, the medical perspective, but we know that there are so many perspectives on this matter. Uh, he and I are in the same church. Uh, uh, I, I, because I'm not bound by ethics, I believe that there is something at play, but he can explain 
how it behaves once it's in the body. But in terms of how it got to the body, I think there, that is why we are going to deliberate on that. So he was just giving a medical perspective to say it is not like flu. Uh, currently, there is no vaccine for it. Uh, and we can see it is spreading like wildfire. But now, I think let's move from the medical science and come to the spiritual science. Maybe let's start with you. Uh, and I said to, to Brother Mutlavi, he is most welcome to join us and remain. Uh, uh, and then he, if he feels comfortable, if he doesn't feel comfortable, he can excuse himself because uh, some of us, we're going to go very wild on this. So we just want, <laughs> it's quite a, a disclaimer. <laughs> okay. Be, maybe before he, he, he goes. Maybe Rev, maybe Rev, just to maybe just to interrupt your thought process. From where I'm sitting, something is amiss. You you have China and America; they have a trade war, and they seem not to find each other. Then, in no time, then we've got this virus that is wreaking havoc, especially on the Western markets. And, and it seems like the world is going out of business and China is getting into business. So I don't know from where I'm sitting and I don't want to be conspiratorial about it, but I'm saying we're going to look at it from a messagical perspective and backed up by the scriptures. Maybe over to you, Rev. Okay. I, I just wanted to ask a, a question to, to Doc. Um, you, you mentioned something. I just want clarity in terms of uh, the, the difference between a pandemic and a epidemic. I can, okay. I can help with that one. Endemic okay. is when it is localized. If it was only an outbreak in China mm -hmm. that was in Wuhan, it was going to be endemic. But the moment it crosses the borders, it becomes a pandemic. Did yes, I answer? Yes, an epidemic is localized and then a pandemic is worldwide. Yes, that's correct. Okay, I, I okay, but, but, but before he goes. Maybe, but maybe let's, let's uh, I think uh, Rev Maher has got a follow-up question. Maybe let's hear him out before we go to Pastor Gwen. Okay. I wanted to ask is, does both refer to incurable uh, diseases? No, it does not. You can have an epi ep uh, epidemic of TB, which you, you have a cure to. So the reason why this one has become a pandemic is, is simply because of the mode of spread. But you can have a disease like even before Ebola was, was under control, there was some medication that we were already trying to effect, to be able to treat people with, like Ramdesivir, which is an antiviral drug that we're using, you understand? But it was already spreading before we contained it. So even this virus, as time goes on, we, research is going on, we might be able to have get treatment to treat it. Yes. So whether it is epidemic or pandemic, it does not have anything to do whether there is a cure or not. It has to do with how it spreads, 
Yes, whether it spreads to in this country only, the spread is localized, or whether the spread goes from one country to other countries. Yes. Okay, Pastor Gwen. Okay, thank you. Um, I got a question for the doc before he uh, before we move away from him. You, you mentioned that this this virus it came from birds and it went to this animal and then it went to human beings. How do they actually trace that? Because this is an after event, isn't it? How do you know it came from a bird and then it went to to this animal and then it went to human beings? How do they establish that? Well, there is no concrete. It is uh, mostly an, a postulation. They're still trying to find out how it does it because what they do is that they will try to match the, the viruses that the best have, the one that the pangolin have, and see how close related the strains are. Then from there, they will postulate that it is most likely that it's jumped from this animal to that animal. But they cannot have expert, because even now as we speak, we're looking for what we call patient zero. That means patient zero is the first person who, if it's possible, the virus from that was in that pangolin jumped from him, from that pangolin to him then started, started spreading. We don't even have that patient. So everything that we're talking about is mostly a postulated thing, looking at the behavior of other, of other viruses before this one, of the same family, and looking at how this one behaves, and looking at the other viruses that these other animals have, the strains, yes. So that is why even the, what the person is saying, we, we, like China blaming the US, America blaming China. All of that is still postulation because we don't have concrete proof to prove that. Yes. Okay, that clears the point. So basically, we're still guessing in the medical world, right? We, we are. <laughs> so it gives us room to start imagining all sorts of things, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, thank you. Great. Yes. Uh, Reverend Maher. You, 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 have, you have observed this uh, pandemic, and I guess you must have reflected on it. What are, what are your thoughts in your space? And I think okay. I, will, I will go clockwise from you. I'll go to Pastor Gwena and come to Brother Victor and come to Pastor Mtas. All right. Um, okay, to begin with, uh, you see, we we obviously have been given the liberty since uh, uh, science is not conclusive when it comes to, to these things. Uh, I think um, <clears throat> there, is, there is precedent that uh, viruses can be used as biological uh, weapons. There is a precedent scientifically. Uh, like um, I, I had one one confession that uh, the bubonic plague that happened to happen here in Africa was actually a, a laboratory engineered uh, virus to targeting black people to eliminate black people. That's that's scientifically. But you know, having that evidence uh, to me as 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 a, as a pastor in the in the spiritual space we know the prophet speaks about 
gems being bred. And right there in Wuhan, where this, this pandemic has, uh, has broken forth, there is actually a laboratory where, where, which houses tens and thousands of, of viruses that, that are under study. And I, I don't believe that this is just a study uh, of, of viruses for the purposes of trying to create vaccines to protect humans from it. Because uh, Brother Mklabi will agree with me, as he has already alluded, that uh, science does not benefit anything by creating vaccines because there's, there's no profit in vaccines, you see. So I believe these, these, these vaccines are under study for the purposes of, uh, of warfare, you see. So uh, as, as, as we're introducing the, the subject, I believe this is a, a biological weapon that has been, that has been released uh, to humanity to propagate uh, conditions that is going to bring this world into one world order. In fact, this, we are now at an advanced stage of, of, uh, of, of the one world order. And uh, this is one of the things, because the, the, the target to me, the target is not, is not the indi affected individuals, the deaths of people. I don't think that's what's moving uh, a lot of people. It is the crippling of, of uh, economies. It is actually an economic judgment that has come to this world. So let, let me say that and lock that a little bit so that I give the others a chance and then we'll come back to that. Okay, great stuff. Uh, Pastor Gwena. Thank you, my brother. Um, yeah, you know, in the absence of, um, uh, you know, a strong position from, from the medical science in terms of where this thing actually originated from, it does leave room for people to start, you know, imagining all sorts of things. And especially, again, like you say, that um, we, we have China and America uh, in a trade war. And then soon after that, then this thing kicks off. Um, so it, it does give room to a lot of, you know, imaginations and people can run in all sorts of directions uh, trying to establish some answers. And if this thing, I've also heard about it that Refty is talking about, uh, that is actually this lab in China where, you know, they are studying these, um, uh, these viruses for whatever reason. Um, if you follow that line of thought, then one can come up with a conclusion that this thing is actually uh, biologically engineered. It's actually been launched to, to come into the open, you know, into the open world. Um, then you do get a lot of these people that are talking about like a book that was written uh, talking about the coronavirus some years back before it actually came. And then you get these people that are saying there was a movie that was actually done, uh, which was talking about the coronavirus and everything, how it was supposed to be. If those movies and if those books are a reality, then it means that this thing would have been engineered somewhere as opposed to coming from birds in, you know, into, into an animal and then coming to humankind. I think there's somebody that is behind it. Uh, as to the exact reason why somebody will be behind it, um, I'm probably 
more of the opinion that, um, you know, it probably is just in the realm of controlling economics. But I think let's leave it at this point for now. And then let's see where, where the others will take you to. God bless. God bless. Brother Victor, uh, being cognizant that we're going to do a, another round because now it's just uh, everybody's expressing their view. Uh, and, and I think we're at a stage, as you say, we are at liberty to extra, extrapolate, but later we, we're going to give it a message context. Uh, over to you, Brother Victor. Um, thank you, Brother um, I'm not, um, normally I'm not that person who would explore such things. Uh, I think the only person that might understand me in this group is Brother Tinashe. I call him Sunny. I've always told him I don't, I don't explore. <laughs> but um, for the purposes of this discussion, uh, something just is striking for me. Uh, and the first one is, uh, if I look at where this originated in China, and I'm thinking about how China is anti-Christian, and then I look at uh, how this thing has jumped into Italy and where Rome is, and how things are happening there. Well, it's things that I just started trying to process in my mind and say, okay, what exactly is happening here? And you link it up with the US like what you alluded to earlier on. But um, one thing that I've looked at is, I went back to uh, 1963, just before the opening of the seals, and you see in that particular year, what was happening with the Beatles, uh, getting all the attention from the people, releasing all these songs, being more popular, until they even said we are more popular than the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm thinking something now, and the devil is jumping in to distract the message people, to distract the Christians with what is happening. So it's, it's a whole lot of things that uh, I'm just trying to process in my head here. And then I, I'm not sure if Brother Whisper what he was referring to, but uh, just after church today, my daughter says, Show, showed me something. She said, Daddy, I've received this from a friend of mine. Uh, this coronavirus was explained in 2018 in a movie. And when, you, when I looked at the clip that she showed me, they were talking about the mortality rate being 20%, being engineered to 90%. It's all those pieces that I'm just trying to process and bring together and, and try and make understand what exactly is happening. Thank you. Great stuff. Before we go to Brother Mutasa, just to make you comfortable, um, for me, Bill Gates said he anticipated, or prior to that, I think it was five years ago, he did a TED Talk where he painted a picture that we are not ready for the next uh, pandemic. Uh, and, and he had a modeling for it, and he anticipated that when it hits Africa, 10 million lives are going to be lost. And on one hand, Bill Gates has been of help to Africa, but on the other hand, he has been banned in India because I think he funded some vaccine that killed some girls there, so he has been banned. So to reinforce the view of Pastor Gwena, there seem to be something at play here, and it has to do with the economics. But I'm not discounting that, you know, you cannot divorce religion from economics. They go hand in hand. 
together with politics. But over to you, brother. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Yeah. Well, from a general point of view, before we plunge into the message perspective, you know, um, despite the fact that I'm in the legal field, but I see the change of law is something more significant than everything else. Like how unprecedented it is that overnight, every country has changed their laws. Now, taking me back to the book of Daniel, you see how the laws were changed. You see, the way it was presented, it was not targeting Daniel per se. It came up as something that was exalting the king. But the conspirators, the people that were behind the plan, they were targeting Daniel. And it was something out of this world for anybody to just crop up and say, you know, the law has been changed because of one Hebrew man, you see. But in the course of events, you begin to see that it was actually a calculated outcome, targeted at a small group, or let me say a minority, so to, to express how Daniel was targeted. Now, my, my, my small analysis would say uh, Satan creates a problem. And then he comes and he solves it and we upload him. So I'm seeing as a calculated thing here. It's, 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 it's nothing that is surprising the bride, of course. Uh, it might surprise the medical scientists, but the people behind the plan, they really know what they're doing. They've brought a problem and they'll solve it and in the solution, when they bring up the solution, that's where we really see what was intended. So economy comes in play, but ultimately the economy, you know, is there to, 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 to deprive us of our, you know, freedom of religion and all these things. So in a nutshell, I'm looking at it at a broader perspective to say the change of law, it's a calculated outcome. I see a problem that is being created and is going to be solved by the people that created it. And it's going to blind the whole world and we upload the solution from the people that made the problem and then they bring up uh, their conspiracy out. So let, let me leave it there uh, for the moment. So if I hear you very well, uh, person, is that you create a state of disorder then you right. craft order from the disorder that you have created. Uh, and those that are not informed about how you came about creating that disorder, when they see the new order, they celebrate you as a hero. Meanwhile, you are a villain. Right. Now, maybe to just add something before you go forward. It's just a small you know, analysis uh, from the operations of the enemy. Now, what he does in small things, he does in great. I, I once had an experience with a young girl who was once in the cult. And then the explanation was the way they recruit, they create disorder in a home where a child feels insecure. The parents fight, problems arises, and then they send a person that is so, you know, that will come like a savior to console that child. 
in from that home. And that savior will be the one that initiates the person. So in other words, they create a problem and they give you a solution. So you can take it on a larger scale to say, you know, what, what am I trying to bring up if, if it's becoming clearer? Okay. Great stuff. No, I, I hear you very well. Uh, Rev, back to you. Messagically, where do you put the whole thing from a message perspective? What, what will be the... What, how do you envisage the message community post to the coronavirus? Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that we, we're in a space that uh, we, we are allowed to, to think the wildest within the rationality of what we have believed. I think, I think there are certain things that are very key that we have, uh, you know, pointed out. To begin with, there is a general consensus uh, to say this must be some biological weapon of some sort. And then number two, we are now seeing a change of legislation overnight. And uh, one thing that I would want to admit is that this is unprecedented. This has never happened in the history of mankind. That we have, we have something that affects the world globally to the extent that the world is having a global shutdown. Uh, we, we, we have seen, we have seen uh, economic sanctions taking place in countries like Samaria when the Syrians had besieged them in the Bible. They could not trade. They could until they got to a place where they were eating, uh, you know, turtle dung and, and, and so forth. Now, uh, the same thing is happening. Brother Branham says, uh, scripture is compound. He says, God has written the Bible in a certain way that a scripture has to at least repeat once, uh, repeat twice or more. And then he gives an example of... Uh, when, 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 when God says, my son shall come out of Egypt. And he says he meant Jacob and he also meant Jesus. And then he moves on to talk about um, Titus, AD, AD 70. And he goes on to talk about the handwriting on the wall. He's now talking about, uh, uh, he's talking about Belshazzar uh, and how great they thought they were in Babylon and they were having great parties and they were worshipping the gods of money, the god of stone, the god of buildings. He said he basically was looking at his security, the great walls that they were building. And this language is very synonymous with what's happening today with America. Uh, and Brother Branham says, but little did he know that there was judgment that had already come. And there was a handwriting on the wall, but there was a Daniel at that time that could interpret the handwriting that's on the wall. And Brother Branham, he says, that's what's happening with these Patniks that are in the skies today. He says, what if today Russia is, is loading the bombs to destroy America? Today. He says, what if, what if God is doing it today? He says, and our nation is so comfortable and they are boasting. And they don't realize that... Uh, they have already spanned judgment. They have already spanned mercy, and he says they spanned mercy in 1946. 
Now, if Messi was banned in 1946 and in 1958, Brother Branham is saying, this is judgment time. This is judgment time, 1958, 1946. And I'm seeing we are, we are in 2020. Just to interrupt uh, you there, if, if, we get, if we get everybody just to mute when, uh, when one speaks. Okay. All right. So, 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 so to me, Pastor, uh, I, I don't want to speak post COVID nineteen. If if I speak post COVID nineteen, it's it's almost like I am extending, uh, or I'm I'm becoming hypocritical to what we really believe because. If we really preach that this is the end time message and we believe that any day from now the rapture should go, uh, I, I think the conditions that, are, that the world is being put in as we speak right now will speak to, uh, to the new world order. It will speak to everybody speaking with the voice of the beast. Because the scripture says the, 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 the borrower shall become slave to the lender. And every government is being made to become indebted to the American government as we are speaking right now. But the American government in 2017 has already indicated that they are already $20 trillion in debt. To who do they owe? Brother Branham says, watch the bamboo curtain, China, the, the red China. He says red China. He says she's a deceiver. He says, and then we've got the iron curtain, which is America. He does not even tell us to watch it. He says, but watch the purple curtain. It's not the communist that you should be worried about. It's the purple curtain. And I know this is very, very dangerous to speak on platforms like this, but we have to say it. America is right now in the hands of the Jesuits. That's why Brother Branham, even when he gives the prophecy of they shall arise a cruel woman, he says she can arise in the form of the Catholic Church. So, so, so to me, I see the crippling of world's economies to make everyone borrow. Already there are certain governments that are under sanctions because they cannot pay the interest rates of what they are owing the, 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 the World Bank. And right now is an opportunity to make every government First of all, to speak the same language. If you refuse to lock down, you are going to pay the price in the death of the people and the crippling of the economy. Now, number two, you are going to need aid because how many countries have got enough ventilators to take care of this problem that's coming? I like what the doctor said, and I asked my GP also the same thing. They said they can only flatten the curve. They cannot even give us predictions in terms of are we going to be out in 21 days? There's no promise for that. What if we don't go out? What if the savings that we have run out in the time that we're waiting? To me, this is, this is the time where the handwriting is on the wall and there is a weighing that is happening. We are being weighed in the balance. And when vessels are being weighed, just like in the book of Ezra, when, when, when the vessels that had been taken from Jerusalem were coming back, when they were being taken now from Babylon, coming back to Jerusalem, there was a priest again that weighed them before they got into Jerusalem. And we are a type 
of people that are living in the mystery Babylon. And I believe this is a waiting time. And in this waiting time, God is giving the bride some grace period that some are going to find mercy in this time of judgment. And if we are to survive this pandemic, economies are not going to survive this pandemic. And if we are to survive this pandemic, I believe there's something bigger that is going to come after this, that is going to cripple economies until everyone speaks to the voice of the beast. Our monies will not be able to interact. We'll have to depend on a certain currency from someone. And I think this is the time uh, really of soul searching. And um, if we ever believe that this is the end time message, I believe this is the time. I'll leave it so that maybe we can have a third round. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's Grace, uh, what's happening in between? Because I've been multitasking. We are live on YouTube. So uh, there are people that are following us on YouTube. I just wanted to let you know. So I've been multitasking. Okay, Rev, I, I, I've heard you very well. So to you, you, you are simply saying, we are not going to return to the normal that we once knew. We are not returning to the normal we once, we once knew. There is no time the government ever takes powers from the people and gives it back. That's great. Stuff. Remember, Muruti, we are coming from theocracy. We are coming from the leadership, the rule of God. Yes. Democracy, uh, autocracy, technocracy, monarchs and kings, their ultimate desire is to become like God. Democracy is not the ideal model of leadership. Neither is technocracy or any other kind of leadership. Men want absolute power. Once they've taken it back, they, they, want to, they will never give it to the people. And through their own lust, like Lucifer, through their own lust, like Nimrod, this, the world has been set up like the old Babylon for the destruction. And God is setting it up using men's ideas. Just like Brother Branham says, what brought rain in the days of Noah was actually men. It wasn't God. He says men threw up a rocket in the air. Not, not a rocket. He says an atomic bomb. And it threw the world out of Keter. That's what caused precipitation to come in the days of Noah. So I believe the same lust and desire is set up men in this day. Through their own desire, wanting to control. That's why you find the plague even in the Garden of Eden. After man rejects a seal, Brother Branham says, when a seal is rejected, uh, when a messenger comes, the message is preached, the seal is rejected, and then a plague falls. When the message of Adam was rejected, when the serpent was coming, then a plague came. Judgment came right at the feet of the beast. We find the same thing when in, in the days of, of Moses. When the message of Moses was rejected in Egypt, the plague right, came right in the, on the feet of Pharaoh. It brought down the head of Dagon. And look at this COVID-19 right in the feet of the beast. It's right there in the hills of, 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 of Italy, where we have got the best med care. How does, how does a virus just keep everybody and gets to the prince? These are things that I think we really need to consider and be the sons of Issachar, uh, discerning the times that we're living in and be able to speak the, kind of, the right kind of message to, to the people. Now, maybe over to you, uh, pastors. When the prophet says a seal is opened, 
Then a messenger of the age catches the mystery and delivers the mystery to the elect of that age and they get sealed in and a plague falls on that generation. This corona, can we fit it into that puzzle or is not part of that puzzle? I don't know who would want to go first. Okay, since, I, since I'm the one who I, said it, maybe let me go first. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I believe Corona also comes uh, right there. Uh, more so seeing that uh, the, the seventh seal is the ultimate seal. Oh, yeah. You see, hmm. and now in, in the compoundness of scripture, this 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 plague is not just is not just a plague that is that is that is going to usher this world into a tribulation. No, it is hmm. also a warning before judgment, because hmm. the the same prophet tells us that God does not bring a people into judgment before He warns them. Hmm. So the scripture has to be fulfilled to the letter. I believe when the prophet spoke about a plague falls, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a natural plague, but there's also a spiritual plague that falls. Mm. When he's preaching the seals, it's more on the spiritual level. So it's not like we're looking for natural plagues where we're going to say, let's look in the days of Luther, what is the natural plague? Let's look in the days of... I think it's more of a spiritual pandemic that falls. Mm. But, mm. but with the seventh messenger, because remember, the removal of the bride has got to usher in the outpouring of the vials in the tribulation. But before we get to that, man has got to be warned. Mm. And what, what better way of warning people than through plagues? Because Brother Branham is saying, there's going to come diseases that men will know not what to do with them, but it save those will be protected it's only those that are under the token and, and i think this is the season mm. okay pastor gwena oh thank you my brother um yeah i, I like the depth of ref t um you know when when i was invited to come onto this platform i say to to brother madiba I just want to come and learn from those that are studying these things um, who are going deep into this because I, I know that the bride of Jesus Christ has got some very gifted men that are out there, men that are looking into the depth of these things and, uh, you know, bringing it uh, in line with the word. Um, the, the way I, I look at it myself, um, yes, indeed, uh, we, we can see that there is something that is at play here. We, we can definitely see that the world is, is, is never going to be the same after this. After corona, things can't, can't be the same. Things have changed. What, what the world has seen now, it has never seen it before. So definitely there's something that has changed. <clears throat> In what direction things are going to go at after this, um, that's where now we, we, we need to, to explore um, scriptures and explore prophecy to try and figure out 
exactly where we are heading to. Uh, you, you asked a question to say, can this fit into, you know, these, uh, these plagues that we're talking about? I like Drefti's answer in the fact that he said, um, it's a warning shot, if I got him right. I don't believe this is the ultimate thing. I believe this is a warning shot. I was actually just sharing with the church today to say, um, you know, the world is in a panic. The politicians are in a panic. Presidents, wherever you are, you know, they're they in panic because they've never seen this. But to the bride of Jesus Christ, we, we, we're not seeing it as they are seeing it because modern events are made clear by prophecy. So for us, there is prophecy that told us that these things were coming. So whereas they are getting surprised, we are only seeing vindication of scripture. But I also said, you know, that in as much as we've got this far with this coronavirus, but I don't believe this is the ultimate thing. This is just something that is a warning shot. And if I'm looking at it myself, I, I strongly believe that somehow we're going to get out of this. But it is a warning shot that has been given to the world. Things will never be the same again. So what is, from where you are, you are, you, where you are, you are sitting, you simply say the coronavirus, it is a dry run for the beast. It is a dry run for how the bride will handle the squeeze. So it is a dry run for everyone. That's exactly what I'm saying. This, this is a dry run. The, the real thing is yet to come. Great, great because if, I, if, if we go back to the quotations, you know, um, where, where Brother Branham talks about um, the, the, uh, the gem warfare, yeah? Sorry, uh, just to interrupt you, uh, 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 I've, I've got Pastor uh, Ratanang George from Trinidad. He's joining us as well, so don't be surprised when you see them on the bottom. Uh, welcome, believers, over there. Shalom. Before I get... Hello, brother George. God, God bless you. God bless you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, we are... God, bless you. Uh, God bless you, Elder. How are you? Very good, by the grace of the Lord. Wonderful, wonderful. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we are just, well, I just, still... I just... I just finished preaching. I just finished preaching. So I had been streaming the service because in Trinidad we cannot assemble. Okay, great stuff. No, thanks for joining us. Over to you, uh, Pastor Gwena. Thank you, my brother. Um, I was just going to refer back to this quotation where Brother Branham talks about the oncoming gem warfare. Just to, to bring out the point that I was trying to make here. The prophet says, let me pass something here quickly as our times are going. Listen, did you know the Bible predicts that in the last days that there will be a gem warfare, that diseases will break out upon the people and will fall on everyone without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But with the angel who had charge over these plagues was given orders to touch no one on whom the mark was. Why? How much kind of teachers have we got to be brethren to get the church in order to be in that condition immune? 
But let me take it again from God's provided um, way. He says here, How we thank thee that in this great hour, that when all hopes of mortal life is finished, atomic bombs are laying in hangars, hydrogen bombs, sicknesses and diseases, gem warfare, Oh God, and everything the way it is, knowing that the Bible said that men would actually rot in their flesh. Now, this is the part that I wanted to get to, that when these diseases come, he says men are actually going to rot in their flesh. Mm. So it can only get worse. This, this is just a warning shot. We, we, we're not yet there. What the prophet was talking about when we finally get to it, Men will rot in their flesh. So this is why I believe that the corona is just a warning shot to the world and also to the bride in terms of us equipping us, knowing how we are going. We've talked about churches will be closed and we, we never imagined that we would experience it at this time. But we are actually having a preview of it right now. Mm. Mm. Okay, if, if I paraphrase you very well, Mfunis, you are simply, you are borrowing Brother Branham's words to say, compared to what is coming, this is the toothache. Exactly right, sir. Great stuff. Uh, Pastor Jonathan, Pastor George, let me, and Pastor George? Yeah, talk to me, I'm here, I'm listening. Yes, I understand you have been dealing with a, ser a series in your church in terms of uh, the genetic mu mutation, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, what's, yeah, your, what's your take on this coronavirus? Well, you, see, you see what happened? The respiratory virus, the respiratory virus is only... The original thought that I had is that, you know, it, it came from animals, all right? And they said the origin of it started with the bats. Then it continued it, it, it continue into the human kingdom. The point about it is simply this. Why it is that animal viruses could not have affected human bodies for all the centuries in time memorial, right? Um, hmm. But it's only in the 20th and into the 21st century that the human bodies begin to, to be affected by, by what came from animals. The point about it is this is that it explains that there's something in our bodies that relates to what it have in animals' body. And then the, 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 the secret about this, and, and, and as I look at it, is that it could not have happened in time past, right? Why it is that has happened in the 20th or 21st century? Then it comes to the, to the quotes that my brother just read there. A germ warfare, right? It is the, it is the, is the mutation, is the muta mutation of gene in this last day period. Where, you know, when you look at messages like, messages, bring, bring my Bible there, I'll read the quotes to them. I'll, um, I'll read, I'll, read, I'll read the quotes, one or two of the quotes that I've been using to explain the point that I've been made, making relating to this coronavirus, right? Now, coronavirus, which is SARS, severe acute respiratory syndrome, these, these virus, this virus could not have affected the human family for 
hundreds and hundreds of years, but it only affects the family of the human race only in the end time. What that mean? It means that there's a genetic mutation that takes place in this human body that brought us to where we are here today. Right? Where we are today is this is that our body capabilities of responding to our animal virus. Go into the book of Genesis and you see that the serpent was more subtle. Brother Branham used the word. If you would notice, Branham said in page 29 in Serpent Seed, he said that it comes from the Hebrew word maha, that means having a true knowledge of the principle of life. Right? Mm. Having the tree of, uh, true knowledge of the principle of life. And in addition to that, he said he knew in question and answer, he said he knew that his blood could. Okay. I, I think, I think, mix I, with the human race. Just, just a second, uh, Pastor George. I think your line is a bit bad, it's not clear. I think, brothers, you are struggling to hear him now. He keeps on fading away. That's correct. We're struggling to hear you, sir. I, I, I think just, just move around to get a better reception where you are. We are battling to, to hear you. And then once we can hear you, we can, we can get on. I think, Pastor Gwena, yeah. he is... Really are, you okay? are you okay there? Okay, now we can hear you. You hear me fine there? Yes. Okay, what I'm saying is this is that um, messages like serpent seed, question and answers. Um, Brother Branham did make mention of a few things. Number one, he said that um, he said that in page 29 in the serpent seed message, Brother Branham said that that word and the serpent was more subtle than all the beasts of the field which the Lord God had made. That word subtly, he said, comes from the Hebrew word maha, that means he has a true knowledge of the principle of life. So who that, who that serpent was, when you understand Brother Branham's explanation, then he said, in question and answer, he said he knew that his blood could and did mix with the human race. So when you talk about he, he knew that his blood could and did mix with the human race, it tells you that the serpent was really a genetic engineer. Right? And if he, if, he, if he knows about genes, then he knows how to mix the gene. And he understood that his blood could mix with the human race. So what he does, he mixed the blood of the human race with the blood of animals. And here now, but Abraham said in Kodokona Doctrine, that Cain was a human beast or he was a brute. So when you, do, when you go there now, you, you are going into the, into the genetic age. You're going in into chromosomes. When you go into chromosomes, hear what he did. He take, the, he take the X and Y chromosomes from the serpent. He come across into the human family and he took the X chromosome. And as a, re, as a result of the X from the male and the X, the, sorry, the Y from the male and the X from the female, it produced what you have called Cain. Cain is a, a, is a genetic reproduction of his father, who is the serpent. His father's body was cursed. 
but he was preserved and a mark was placed upon him so that the elected would, would know where the mark of the beast is. So the beast, the Lord, the Lord marked the beast in Genesis chapter 4. When he marks the beast in Genesis chapter 4, what you see is that the generation of Cain had been identified with six generations. Right? If you would look, Cain, he begot Enoch. Enoch had Erod. If you check it, the sixth generation, you're talking about before it comes to two females, which is Ada and Zillah. So Cain, Enoch, Erod, Methusael, Methusael, and Lamech. Sixth generation. And then Lamech was a polygamist that gave him two wives. So it gone into a woman age after six in generation. And a woman do carry seed. The man is the one who carries the seed. So he marked the generation of Cain with the number six as far as generation is concerned. Why would he mark it in generation? It explained that the issue of the fall is connected with gene. And because the issue of the fall is connected with gene, then it became a genetic disturbance coming down through humanity in 6,000 years. Now what's something? Brother Branham said that the serpent was a prehistoric giant. Right? Mm. The serpent was a prehistoric giant. And he said he was like about 10 feet tall. But if you were to watch something, Brother Branham also explains, right? He talked about the bloodline becoming weak. This is page 304, page 305, question and answer. He said... In time past, okay, I think we have, you, we have they could have gotten gotten married with their relations. If you would notice somebody, which is his. Okay, I'm listening to you. I I think we, 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 I, maybe just to just to bring the others on board from your perspective. It, it has this is this is has got to do with the genetic manipulation by Satan as he has done in the Garden of Eden and coming down generations. Then it is a replay in the end time. Yeah, now, right. Actually. What I wanted to know, maybe from uh, Reverend Mahere. Rev, you, you said the normal that we used to know. We are not going to revert back to that normal. Uh, six months from now, and I think Pastor Mutaza mentioned that based on what we have seen around the world, all countries are under martial law. Every president can wake up and pass any law. They've got a carta blanche just to introduce any law. And he has mentioned that this crisis is going to end off into becoming the implementation of the mark of the beast. Now, you, Pastor Mahere, a year from now, how do we envisage the message? Okay. Um, I, 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 like, I like what Pastor George is, is bringing when he's talking about genetic mutation. Uh, you see, I, I gave an example. I said, when, I said Adam was a prophet in the Garden of Eden. And 
Adam had the, the mystery of the seventh seal. And uh, when the message of Adam was rejected, there was, there, was, there was a plague that came. And you see the severity of the plague in the bride, which is, which is Eve at that time, was not as much as it was in the serpent. You see, God had, to, God had to say, in pain you shall bear forth. These are birth pains now. Do you see what I'm saying? But, but to the beast, there was a complete change of, of genetic mutation. There was, he had, yes. he, his, his whole form changed. And from that time moving forward, he never brought forth the same way that he brought forth before. He never brought forth something that is upright. So I'm saying what has happened right now. It, it cannot change. There is no reverse. There is no reverse to what, to what is coming. A new world order is, is on play right now. And the bride must be prepared to bring forth the male child. Because our salvation, just like Eve, she was supposed to have a complete disfiguration of her body, just like the serpent was, was supposed to have a complete disfiguration of her body. But what saved Eve in the time of judgment was that she had the, the male child, which is our token today. I believe what's going to save the bride is the token right now. So if, if you're saying, what do I see the bride as uh, in the, uh, the, the following way? If we are to survive to that, to that time, if we are to survive a year from now, I believe that is absolute grace. That is a time of serious preparation for the bride to take off. This should be a time of preparation to take off. This is the time of the sealing of the remnant. If there is somebody that is not come yet in the fold, they are the ones who will be delaying us right now. But what the serpent has become cannot, cannot change. Okay, great stuff. But, uh, Pastor Mutasa, you, you, you brought the legal perspective to the whole thing. Uh, we, would you not be surprised because, I mean, from where the government the governments are sitting, they have shut down everything. They have shut down the economics. They have shut down the churches. Uh, do, you, do you think they can wake up and say, for us to restart everything, we need an accreditation of some sort that in the event that we experience something similar in the future, we are better prepared. Maybe some churches were not cooperating. Maybe we need to make an audit and make sure that they are on their, our books. From a legal perspective, do you think that can, can happen? Yeah, well, coming back to, to what you're saying, uh, when you allow a lion to test blood, it's difficult to keep it away from the prey. You see, what is happening right now is a taste of um, autocracy. Even though we don't preach, you know, despotism in our countries and we all advocate for democracy. But uh, when you look at what's happening, it's an initiative that is going to culminate in that one world order. Now, let me, let me bring this point to say 
when you see all these nations changing the laws, it's not necessarily the individual governments that are advocating for that. Like I said, they create a problem and they come to solve that problem and we have to upload them. So the one behind the change of laws, you see, for instance, you see we in Africa, we may not be affording some of these you know, lockdowns as much as the European countries can because our economies are not that strong. But there's a possibility that if we abide by their laws, they will support us. And it will not be ending as just a financial support, but it will aggravate into many other things to say when they want something to be established throughout the whole world, they'll use the same channel that they would have opened through this virus. Now, allow me to bring you back to, you know, types and shadows, scriptural types and shadows. Now, when you, when you look at um, the time of Titus, you see, when Jerusalem was about to be judged for rejecting the Passover Christ, it is the same thing. Brabanam shows us that is the fulfillment of Ezekiel chapter 9, the death angel coming to take over. Now, if you study closely, you see the setup is exactly the setup we in. There was a prophet that rose. His name was Jesus, a son of man. He preached his message. There was an elected people that believed him. He died, he resurrected, and he ascended, and he left a people that kept to that faith. And there is a people that rejected his message. Life continued as normal after they'd rejected him. Up to a point that there was a period from his ascension to AD 70, where everybody felt that prophet is dead. What he spoke was nothing. He was just a bogus prophet, you see. But then Christ had trained a people and that training gave them immunity from the oncoming plagues. Now you begin to see when the army started to march in Jerusalem. Now the prophet shows that they were trained people, were trained to the voice of the prophet, that were able to identify that this is what was spoken by our prophet, Jesus. That when we see the armies marching, you know, it's, it's amazing also that we, we do have soldiers in every country. Here in South Africa, they've deployed soldiers. You know, armies marching all around. You know, he says, when you see them marching, you, you must know if you are in Jerusalem, go out. If you're outside, don't come in. Now, which brings back the reality of this hour as a grace era. Why do I bring it as a, as a grace era? It is, it is because... When, when we see the unfolding of the events, uh, you ask the question to say, could this be the tribulation plague, the one for rejecting you know, the prophet Malachi 4 that is falling upon the people? I, I would say it's the preliminary. Brad Branham speaks about the plague of insanity. He said it's already on earth, but it will become worse and worse until it grows into that Revelation 16, when all the plagues are going to be poured upon the earth. But already we see the signs of insanity. 
creeping in. He actually says we are at the footsteps of them plugs. That's big then. So now when you look at this coronavirus, it's the footsteps of what's going to come in. And now as the bride, as the bride, now we, we look at it, you know, as a trained people to see, you know, this is not just an economic matter. This is not just a political agenda. This is actually, you know, a matter that is of life and death. It's projecting the battle that was in eternity between Michael and Lucifer. Now, when you look at it from that perspective, you begin to see the preparation now. We're about to take our flight. We, we, this place is judged. You see Italy, you see America, you see all these great powers. If, if you could allow me to read just one quote and then I'll, I'll leave it from there. You know, Barb Wanham says something here that is quite interesting. Uh, when he types these eras to our day. All right, I, I got it. He, he, he speaks, this is the spoken word, uh, the mark of the beast and the seal of God, right? Now, he, he says, you know, but what is happened? What day are we living in? He says, oh, my brother, what day are we living in? Don't think I'm crazy. I hope I'm not. If I'm crazy, just let me alone. I feel better this way than I did the other way. But listen, listen, I tell you, my brother and sister, what's it, the sign of it? Is the sign that we at the end time? What did Jesus say about the sleeping virgins? Oh, you call them churches virgins? Just like Cain, exactly the same thing. They worship. But the sleeping virgin had no oil in her lamp. Is that right? So when she found out she was later than she thought, communism sleeping on her, she said, oh, give us some of the oil. Now, mark the part, communism sleeping up on her. She said, oh, give us some oil. How do you get the Holy Ghost? You go buy it from the one that sells it. Prabhupada says, and remember, the very time that the sleeping virgin went to buy the oil, that's when the bridegroom came. He says, glory. Don't you see it? If the Presbyterians and the Episcopalians and those others that come seeking for the Holy Ghost, you better get your lamp trimmed. He says, trimmed. Trimmed. Yes, it needs trimming. Pentecost, better be trimming some lamps. Amen. And then it goes down, we can go through it later. But the point I want to bring is that, you see, this kind of hour that we are in, it's an awakening of some sort. Now, when you come to the armor of God as well, maybe I can just drop in a small quote as well. Brother Branham mentions the quarantine that Micaiah went under. Remember when Micaiah gave a prophecy of the destruction of Ab. He was put under quarantine. Now, Brother Bonham comes to comment on that. He says, you know, paragraph 71, you know, the one in 62. He says, you know, the Bible said he would bundle the tears first. They are sure bundling up together. 
all to the World Council of Churches, every one of them going where it's all headed for. That gives the church a chance to grow then. Now observe that statement. That gives the church a chance to grow then. And then Brabham said, all right. Now the time is in quarantine. Brabham says the church has to grow. He says, get a little persecution where you are not fed so well. Everything has to be pushed together. God's got a way of doing things, you know? Now he begins to show, you know, a little persecution. You know, he was deprived. He was put in prison. He had no food. So he's showing that God had a way of doing things then. So I, I look at this era as a, as a phenomenal season where the bride is to be under preparation. And I'm sure all the people that used to despise us could be coming to us now or calling, saying, you were talking about the end. You know, tell me about it. You know, is people now looking for oil, looking for understanding to say, you people we used to look down on. But in that season, Brother Brandon says, we must get our lamps trimmed and clear. So in a nutshell, I look at this as a grace period. This is the hour where the soldiers are marching, even in the literal. But the trained and immune church is supposed to be preparing for that final flight. This season of coronavirus. I rest my case, sir. Okay. You spoke like a, a legal representative there. But, but, but a key takeout from what you just presented now. I think it is in the third Exodus, Brother Brim says, the world does not realize that they are now under military dictatorship. And we can see all over, soldiers are now interacting with civilians to make sure that there is law and order. It seems like the police are of no value. It, these are the symptoms of military dictatorship. Now, to Brother Victor, From where you were, you said you're not very conspiratorial by nature, but you've got your own suspicion that there is an underhand, and without you calling it out, it seems like you are very much uncomfortable that the Chinese government may be the, the, the architect of this coronavirus in order, to, in order to occupy a certain space in the commerce of the of the world can you expound on that well brother madib i think uh, after hearing the man speak here i would say like brother branham i'm no rider at all <laughs> but um if i were to pursue the thoughts that i was uh talking about if you look at how things are panning out right now and uh Getting back to what Pastor Mutasa said, that the devil starts something, will, will start trouble, and then will bring a solution, and then we applause the devil for bringing the solution and forget that he is the one who started the problem. And many times the devil starts a problem, but because he doesn't have all the power, sometimes it gets, it gets out of control. And if you look at what is happening right now, I think... It's, it's something that was started and it's getting out of control. The reason, being, the reason why I'm saying that is look at how things have panned out and look at the capacity that uh, China has shown 
to try and fight this virus. It's as if they've shown to the world that we have got the powers. I mean, look at the epicenter of the virus itself. Now, yesterday, the news, they're saying it's reopening for business. They are now opening the subways and all that stuff. It's a message that they're conveying. It's a message that they're telling even to our dear friend in the U.S. and say, look at us, what we, we can do this. And look at the trouble that we have now in the U.S. I mean, uh, Donald Trump yesterday wanted to um, quarantine whatever way they use, New York. But now he had to turn down whatever he wanted to do, to turn it down, so at least it's not what it was originally. So in my opinion, yes, it's something that was deliberately started, getting out of hand, because perhaps the impact was not anticipated to be this high. But if you look at what is happening now, affecting all countries, affecting all levels, affecting everyone, every one of us is, a, I mean, when you hear that the queen of all the people has it, and then you start thinking, how about me? How about somebody sitting out there? How about somebody there? You can see that everyone is exposed. So I stand with the same opinion that this thing was engineered somewhere in a lab somewhere. And here we are today, reaping the effects of that engineering. Okay. Before, I think I, I almost got into trouble because today they speak about fake news. I saw an article that the queen is infected uh, and somebody called me out and said, I need to verify the source. But I think we've got the UK citizen over here. He may explain to us what's happening with their queen. Well, actually, I haven't heard about it, my brother. Um, I'm not sure whether that is now the current news. This thing is moving at such a, a pace that we, we don't even know what is happening. But as it yesterday, which is the last time I saw news, <laughs> after that, I went into preparation of service from the service. I got into this meeting. So I haven't quite followed. And if it is that the queen is now in trouble, then, A, we have opened another chapter. I'm not very sure at this stage. Okay, great stuff. I saw the article and I think uh, Brother Victor saw the same article. Hence, I thought maybe for verification, let's check with the citizen. Brother Mtlavi, medical science. Well, just to say, Brother uh, Madiba, before you go, that um, yes. normally if it was true, I have a news feed that comes on my phone. I would have probably seen the headline. So okay. I don't think it is yet news that is official in the UK because I would have definitely seen the flash on my phone. Okay. No, I'm guilty of such. I put it up as my WhatsApp status. Somebody said, hey, listen, did you verify because it should be training if it was correct? So Brother Victor and I are victim of fake news. You'll bear with us. Brother, is the, from where you are sitting, the brother slash doctor, do you think the medical science is ahead of the game or is trailing behind the game with these viruses that are now flooding the world? Okay, you may go. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can hear you. Yes, I don't think that we are ahead of the game. I think the medical science is trading because some of these viruses we are discovering, like this one, it was a new virus. 
Nobody heard of it. Nobody knew it. If it's possible that it was engineered in the lab, the person who's ahead is the one who engineered it. Because that person will have a solution to it, will most probably have a vaccine to it. Yes, but as we said, medically, that is a postulation. That will, work, will be what we call propaganda. It could be what other people, one nation will accuse the other nation of. As much as China is accusing the USA as having brought soldiers there in June last year who said brought the virus there, as much as even Trump is coming and saying there is, there is a, as much as Trump saying that there, there, there was a, the first patient that had, the, had, the, had the, the virus, it was first recorded in June last year before the recorded outbreak that happened now in November. Yes, Pastor. Okay. Grace, Pastor Gwena, your take on Trump, on this very, very eccentric character? Well, <laughs> that's a hard one, Pastor Madiba. Um, he's an interesting character, <laughs> if I can say. Uh, <laughs> Nobody, I think, understands Trump. He, he's, he's, um, he's, he's always changing his faces, isn't it? One day he's saying this, the next day he's on that. Um. But, 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 but the reason I'm asking particularly, and I'll go for Pastor Mahere and Pastor Matasa as well, and Pastor George, what I need to know about Trump, Trump whatever he's saying, his posture, whether political or religious, seem to be resonating with what they call the Bible Belt in America. So Christian conservatives somewhat find uh, Trump to be relevant to their cause. And I mean, to a certain extent, even we message folks, we find Trump to be relevant. Most of the presidents in America none of them has ever come out and became unequivocal on their stance on Israel. But here is a man, he comes, he says, look, Jerusalem is the capital city of Israel. Therefore, he gives Israel her rightful position on the world map. As to for what motives, we don't know. But it seems like we agree with the end. We may disagree with the means. Yeah, as far as his stance on things like Israel and uh, obviously, you know, his rhetoric, you know, playing into the ears of, of um, um, the evangelicals, as they call them in America. Yeah, definitely, he's, he's got his audience there. And um, one thing you can't take away from him is his position on Israel. Um, I believe that God just used, uh, you know, a, a crazy man to take a, a decision that no sober man playing politics would ever take because that that was quite you know unprecedented you know all the other presidents as they had hesitated to take that position but when he came in he just says this is it and us as christians we, we applaud him because he took the right decision but coming to this coronavirus and his position with regards to this coronavirus to him, it is playing more in the fight between China and, and, and America. Uh, one journalist was asking him the other day to say, um, why do you keep calling it a Chinese virus? And his answer was, I'm just being accurate. It is a Chinese virus. I'm just being accurate. <laughs> okay. And while others are coming, for me, it's very, 
ironic that you, you look at Obama. Obama, when you look at him, he's a model citizen, model leader, family man, charismatic, great man. But when you look at him, at him uh, putting your prophetic optics, he was the most dangerous man. Now, you look at Trump. Trump, I mean, goodness. The guy says whatever comes out of his mouth. No tact whatsoever. You look at his background with women, nothing to write home about. But when you look at his stance that he has taken on Israel, it's just mind-boggling. Pastor Mahera, you are take on the eccentric character called Trump? Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that one is quite a character. Um, uh, I, I would want to come back to what I was, I was, I was talking about. Uh, one thing that you cannot take away from Trump that is a very astute business person is uh, he's very clever business-wise and he looks at all things from a business perspective. And if we are going to look at uh, what, what the iron and the bamboo curtains struggle is about, it's, it's, actually, it's actually an economic war that is, that is between them. Now, uh, you see, America wanted to have Amazon in, in China, and China refused. And Amazon... Uh, and then rather China had to have Alibaba. Now Alibaba is, 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 is like the same as Amazon in China, you see. And now China is a technocratic nation and recently launched their uh, public uh, 5G exercise publicly. Now America has got a desire to control people the same way that China controls people. We cannot, in as much as this guy might act as if he loves Israel and, and, and so forth, what they really love is control. Uh, one thing that I've learned in war games is America will never invest itself on the basis of religion. No, sir. No, it will, it will, it will never invest itself on the basis of saying we, we like Israel, we have moved. God will use those crazy characters which are called the left hand of God to fulfill certain parts of scripture. But their real intent within their souls will be made manifest. I think, I think Trump does not really like Israel. Don't think so. Because what they are interested in, you, you, you look at 9-11, our problem is the Arabs. But a month later, we are taking pictures with the Arabs. You look at uh, uh, North Korea. Our problem is North Korea, she is an enemy to the whole world. She wants to destroy the whole world. But a month later, we're taking pictures with King John Un. I want you to watch this. I'm not a prophet, but I'm a student of the prophet. Yesterday, it's a Chinese virus, but I want you to watch. Very soon, Trump will be hugging the Chinese. This is, this is, this is a way of buying the slave. The, 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 uh, the, the slave must be, uh, the, 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 the lender must be slave to the, uh, the borrower must be left to the, uh, slave to the lender. This is how the scripture goes. The Bible now says in, 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 uh, in 2 Samuel, uh, 
the first chapter. After so did everyone lose connectivity like I did? You, you Come again? Uh, did everyone I lose say, connection like I did? I lost, uh, no, no, yeah. I think about 30 we, seconds or so, I lost it. We, we still have you, lost, you. You still have oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, we have everybody. Uh, okay, oh, okay. I said, I said, if you look at, if you look at the relationship between uh, Trump and the, and the, and, and uh, if you look at the relationship, I don't want to use this presidents to me, Brother Brennan says in the handwriting in the, uh, on the wall, he says, all these governments are of the devil. All these governments, he says, and our, the governing of the world is of the devil. That's why when he was asked, can you predict who is the next president? He says, what, what business, uh, would that be to a Christian? He says, what business would that do good to a Christian? Because it's all the devil's kingdom. I could tell you who is going to be the next president, but they're all going to work under the hands of, I believe these are ceremonial positions. Every president will have to carry out a mandate that best serves the role that America is to play in fulfilling the word of God. Now, I'll, I'll come to explaining Trump now. Now, when, when I look at a character like Trump and I look at the scripture of 2 Samuel chapter 2, 1 Samuel chapter 2, when the, child, when the child Samuel is born and Hannah is giving that prayer, and she says, speak no more arrogant, arrogantly and speak no more proudly, for you have been weighed. And, and, and I'm looking at Babylon being weighed, the handwriting is on the wall, and I'm looking at us as the world being weighed right now. The handwriting is on the wall. And I see a man who speaks proudly at the time when the world is under judgment. The, the very same president that we're talking about is refusing to close down, to lock down South America. Right now, at a time of crisis, he's saying we've got $2 trillion that we are prepared to give out as handouts to small businesses. He says our, our economy is doing greatly. Our, our armies are doing greatly. Uh, everything is doing greatly to him. Tremendous, tremendous. He's speaking proudly at a time of judgment. He's, this man is a man who, is, who will speak against medical science, but not putting faith in God. If Trump was standing and saying, let us unite as a country and pray against this coronavirus, I'll say, wow, this president is really standing for God. But nonetheless, that does not defy the quotations of what Brother Branham is saying. You'll find mm -hmm. Trump will come and say, hydromoxychloroquine and, and this other drug, if we mix them, they're going to work. But here is a, is a scientist who is saying, I can't confirm that. I cannot confirm that. That is not proved. Even though maybe it, is, it, it has seemed to be showing some improvements. But this man speaks proudly. To me, Trump is a face, just like Obama was a face. Have you ever thought one day that America would have a black president with an Arab name, Barack Hussein Obama? These are ceremonial positions. The, these presidents, they are working for somebody bigger than them. They have to say what the master wants them to say. Like I said, America is in the hands of the, uh, the Jesuits. Please don't publish this on YouTube. <laughs> But yeah, that's my take on Trump uh, looking at the scripture person. Maybe, uh, uh, Pastor Madiba, I'm just trying to follow up to what uh, Pastor Mahera was talking about. 
especially the comparison between Obama and Trump. And my point is, uh, my feeling is sometimes perhaps Trump doesn't even know what he's doing. Not in the sense that he doesn't know, but he doesn't know the reason why he's doing certain things. Uh, you would find that perhaps many of the things that he is doing now is doing exactly the opposite of what Obama was doing to prove a point. But while he's doing that, he's working directly into the program of God. He, God is using him to achieve his own purpose, but he doesn't know what he's doing. Because he's doing it because he just wants to prove a point that is different from the previous president. That's, that would be my take on that. Pastor Mutaza? Yeah, I just wanted to... Oh, you can talk, person. No, I wanted to know your take on Trump. Yeah, well, when I look at Donald Trump, it, we come back to Ezra chapter 1. You see, the Bible speaks of, you know, King Cyrus is prophesied 200 years before he comes by Isaiah in chapter 44 and 45. And then this Cyrus is playing a significant role of ushering in you know, the Babylonian captives, the Israelites were kept in Babylon for 70 years, you know, to bring them back to the homeland. And when you look at that hour, it is the hour where we see Daniel in chapter 9. We can identify Belshazzar in chapter 6. We can come to the revelation of that uh, dream of Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 2. Now, what I'm trying to bring is that this hour was contemporary, you know, with Daniel, when Exodus was supposed to take place. And then there was a heathen king that God used to drive the people back to the homeland. Now, I'm going back to RFT when he was talking about the vessels being weighed when they were taken back to Jerusalem. Now, it's the same season, you see. Now, it was Cyrus who made that decree. And these vessels that were taken back to, to, to Jerusalem in the hour of Babylon, a type of the bride. So when I look at Donald Trump, he is playing a very prophetic role and quite profound. And now amidst coronavirus, you know, it further vindicates him as an arm of God. Now, whether he knows it or not, whether he's aware of what he's doing or not, but the fact of the matter is Donald Trump is a prophetic role. The very season that he declared Israel, you know, Jerusalem to be the capital of Israel, it is the same season we are getting coronavirus. It is the same season we are talking about quarantine and an exodus. It's the same season we're talking about grace period, soldiers marching in. So all of this, now the way he's going to handle, now it comes back to Revelations uh, 16, 10 and 11, which talks about, um, though it's tribulation period, it talks about how the vial is poured upon the seat of the beast. And it shows how, you know, um, they, they, because of the pain, they repented not of their deeds. They blasphemed God because of the pains, the Bible says, and they repented not. Now, the way the people would react to this plague, which we believe is the hand of God, the way that Donald Trump would respond, the way that Italy would respond, all of it is going to really 
bring to manifestation, you know, their position in, in, in prophecy. So I would say in a nutshell, Donald Trump, I think he's really a key figure, especially as a contemporary of Putin, a temp contemporary of, you know, this current pop and all. I think he's going to be very pivotal in, you know, pressing some buttons for the coming of the Lord and the lasting of America. Yeah. I raised my case. In terms of putting uh, Pastor Gwena, okay, somebody said something about the coronavirus. They say for some reason, it did not have the GPS coordinates for Beijing. It did not have the GPS coordinates for Russia, Hong Kong, it somewhat just went past South Korea, but somewhat it became a tenant in Spain, Italy, the UK, now America. And for some reason, every plague, we're, we're always the first in the queue for every plague in Africa. But it seems like this one, we are right at the tail end of the queue. Your thoughts on, on putting in the in these events that are unfolding, Pastor Gwen. Okay. Um, maybe, let me put it this way, um, that when I look at this, uh, I actually think that this thing that is happening is beyond human beings. In as much as, you know, we can try and trust the origin of this virus and maybe take it to a lab or something like that. But for me to really think that this thing is now so coordinated that the virus has to, uh, you know, have a GPS that jumps Russia, that jumps Beijing, that jumps all these other countries, hits specific countries, because someone has really thought through this thing and in, in, engineered it, brought in the various presidents, you know, uh, Trump to play this role and, and Putin to play this role. I think we'll be giving credit to human beings that is far greater than they can actually manage. Mm. I want to look at this thing as being designed from a certain headquarters mm. with the influence now coming onto humankind. Mm. This thing being manipulated right from the pits of hell. Mm. And then the influence of whatever Satan is trying to do, he then influences individuals to act in a certain way. Mm. And then when a picture develops, yeah, he knows that the right person who he wants to catch an inspiration to then play the role that he wants to play will then catch the inspiration because the system, the world order has been designed through a manipulation of influences that are coming from the pits of hell. Mm -hmm. Brother Branham says, this world, there's only two realms in which we are influenced. So you are simply saying, as we analyze the events that are unfolding, let's not forget the genesis of this problem. It All is right. two powers, Satan versus God. And God, permit, and God permits Satan to do certain things for his glory. Correct. 
And the devil as well, he's trying to have his own agenda to go ahead. And as he's manipulating the agendas, then he manipulates those that are in power. And he makes them take certain positions and certain decisions. But as this thing unfolds, yeah, then those that he wants to uh, catch the inspiration to take us into the new world order, they will then see that the system has now been arranged. But to try and really think that some human being on earth here was able to coordinate everything from, from, from China and jumping into Spain, jumping into Italy, going to America and all this, I think we'll be giving too much credit to human beings. These are people that are reacting to an influence that is coming from somewhere. Mm, 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 mm. That, that's my, my take. So I, I don't see so much of their influences as Putin's as, as, and, as, and as Donald Trump. I see those as instruments that are in the hands of these powers that are actually running the agenda. You know, the, the beauty of fellowship is that, and I was speaking to Pastor Gwena offline, if, if we had the unif uniformity of thought, I think the interactions were not going to be robust and there would not be any cross-learnings. Hence, I say every perspective is very critical. And once all the perspectives have been presented, then we'll obviously retreat and weigh them based on the scripture and the message and take our posture. But very, very interesting conversations. Ref, putting the king of the uh, north... Uh, okay. You know, you know there, there's something, Pason, allow me to just step back a little bit. Uh, Pastor Gwen has just mentioned something that is very interesting. Yes, and, yes. Uh, you see, uh, last year, beginning of last year, I preached a message called Kingdom Conspiracy. Mm -hmm. And I preached on the, the Jonadab Conspiracy. And uh, I subtitled it, Rumors of the Internet and the Gossip of Men. Mm -hmm. You see, and Jonadab is, is, is a very character that maybe in reading the Bible, when you look at the issue of Amnon and Tamar, he is somebody that maybe you would neglect. You would just, you know, hit the issue of incest between brother and sister. But if you look at the act of Amnon was through the manipulation of Jonadab. It was actually Jonadab that went to Amnon and said, have you considered looking at your sister this way? It was actually Jonadab that gives the idea of saying, why don't you fall sick? and chase away all your servants. And so I was talking about the voice behind the action of the man that is the face of what we see. So many a times, you see, people don't, uh, people don't, don't understand uh, when, when things are happening. All they look at is they are, seeing, they are seeing the man that is standing in front of them. They, they see... They see, we see the figures, the political figures that we're seeing today. But there is a Jonadab who is the voice that is being acted out. And if you look at this conspiracy, if we try to look at it and bring that, that the whole play that happened uh, in, the book of, in the book of Samuel today, you're seeing Jonadab becomes the voice of the beast, the unseen serpent. And then we're seeing Amnon becomes the man that has got the boldness to stand and take the podium and 
do the actual act. But at the end of the day, it is the very conspiracy of Jonadab that then triggers the nature that was being hidden that is in Absalom. Because Absalom, the man of sin, who is a type of the, of, of, of the beast that is in Rome, he then starts reacting because Tamar is his sister. You see, Tamar is his sister. Then he feels that the act of God, who is, who is David at that time, is an act of weakness. Why is God not responding? Why is God not coming to save the people at a time of judgment like this? Then Absalom, the man of sin, rises and tries to avenge the wrath of the ravishing of his sister. Mm. So, we, we, we are going to see the rise of the beast. Mm. Uh, even though the face of the events that triggers, that would be Amnon and Tamar. But the voice of Jonadab who triggered it, will never know who it is. It will never be in the, in the public face. That's why the powers that be, that's why I say these positions, I believe they are ceremonial. These people are playing a role which they are not even conscious of. Mm. Brother Branham says there is a spirit behind every motive. Mm. Even this coronavirus, okay. Brother Branham says that doctors call them viruses because they don't know what they are, but they are demons. Mm. Oh, yes. A virus is a demon, let's be honest. If today a saint is to be saved, they've got a, a coronavirus. Just to, just to put it, please, Brother Solomon believes that 100%. <laughs> okay so so we we, we 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 will cast it out now i want you to watch this dimension uh, person brother brennan yeah. says cancer is a fourth dimension sickness True. that's the reason why they cannot operate it because it's a fourth dimension sickness so we are having a fourth dimension sickness and Man has got to break into that dimension to be able to deal with it. That's, that's why it makes sense that you have to use electromagnetic processes to, to deal with, trying to deal with the, with, with the cancer brother Mklabi. You have to, to, to use chemotherapy, which is trying to, 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 to make the, the human uh, electromagnetic components of his cells. I'm not a doctor, but I, <laughs> I'm a doctor of, of religion. <laughs> to try and deal with these things. So, mm. I see Russia, I see China, I see America. All these are going to play. Brother Bram says Hitler was, was the left hand of God. Uh, Mussolini was the left hand of God. Stalin was the left hand of God. All these people are playing the role. And if we actually look at the, the, the scripture, if we look at the scripture, Brother Branham says, the two big toes, it's actually Russia and America. Those are the big, big toes. Uh, your, 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 your Israel, your China, your Bamboo Keten, your Iran, Ezekiel 38, these guys that come to join up with the king of the north, now coming to prepare the bombing of America. America is already judged. It's, it's, it's already under the case. So Putin is... He's, he's just in position there. And if you look at it, when, when Trump started, he was actually friends with Putin. Mm. To be honest, you will not exactly hear Trump publicly speaking anything evil of, of Putin. True. You will not. 
but you talk about the bamboo curtain. He is going to touch the allies of Russia because he can't directly confront the. He knows, Brother Branham says, and the president of this world knows that Russia has been five years ahead of us in 1958. That's why they don't speak directly to, to, to Russia. They'll speak to the people that surround it. But Russia is seeking an, oppo an opportunity. And you know, I don't believe things happen literally. You know, like. You, there will be a guy that will be drunk with vodka and you press the button. He will not be really drunk with vodka, as, as, as in literal vodka, because they are already drunk with the wine of Jezebel. And, okay, you wanted to say something, person. What I wanted to, there is a question that is busy rattling my mind. And I think we've got to find a balance. When this outbreak it came about everybody was speaking about being under the, the token the angel of death will pass over you does it mean that if one is affected or infected with coronavirus and they die they were not under the token pastor Gwen. oh okay sir yeah pastor you 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 have hit something here <laughs> That's, that's a real one because, you see, when this coronavirus started, in, we, we thought it was a Chinese problem and we yes. thought it was going to stay in China. Mm. And then as it started gaining momentum, you know, then courts started coming up and, you know, the court that I read, uh, let me just go back to it because it says exactly what you're saying. Yeah? Yes. And um, it, it is now something that, we, we have to look at very carefully because it's a question that we are going to be asked as pastors. Yes. And we, we need to have a position on this. I have a position, but uh, <laughs> let, let me read what the prophet says here. We are, we are all here. <laughs> he says that, um, that there will be a gem warfare, that diseases will break out upon the people and will fall on everyone without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it says, but the angel or who had charge over these plagues was given orders to touch no one on whom the mark was. And then he says, why, how much kind of teachers we have to go to be to get the church in order to be in that condition, immune. Now, if you read this and you just take this, what the prophet says, you, you actually come up with the conclusion that if somebody gets this, if corona is a plague, and if somebody gets the coronavirus, you can conclude that they did not have the Holy Ghost. Mm. If you take this, the quote directly like that. Mm. Mm. Because mm. he is saying that he was mm. given instructions not to touch anyone that has got the seal of God. That's quite a heavy one. <laughs> that's, quite, <laughs> that's, that's where now as pastors, we, 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 we have to now come back to looking at this. I was actually talking about this when I was preaching today. So I, I said, brothers, we, we need to look at these things carefully. You know, because if you take off something like that and you run at a tangent, you end up concluding that anyone that ends up getting the coronavirus is, is actually does not have the Holy Ghost. But I took another quotation. You know, Brother Branham says that someone can be perfectly insane, but yet be born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. 
in demnology. In demnology. And he says that this is a tormentor. It's got nothing to do with the soul. So you're, so you're simply saying we are going to walk a fine line. Right. When you are hit by the corona virus, it may mean you've got no, you've, you don't have the Holy Ghost, which may be true. And when you are hit by the corona, maybe... It may be that you have the Holy Ghost, but it's just, just tormenting the body. Am I, am I getting you very well there? You, you are hitting a fine line there. But I, I, want, I was actually going to pose this to the others to say, pastors, let's talk about this. There is a direct quote there. <laughs> How Over are you to it? Over to you, Pastor Mutasa. Very fine line. I, I, I was oh. not expecting you to come to I, me. Eh? <laughs> I, I saw you were disappearing on the screen. I almost thought you were gone. <laughs> no, no, no. I won't run away. <laughs> the pastor is yeah, right no. a quotation. And, and there is something very critical in the quotation that it, there is an operative way. He read to the quotation, but there is one way that Brother Brennan just dropped it there. Immune. Yeah. Well, am, I right? am I right, Pastor Gwena? Yes, you, you are right. There is a, it drops it in there. Immune. But he says, from we ought to get we, how we ought to teach so that we can get the church in that condition. What condition? Immune. Yeah. What, what, so what, what we are teaching the church must bring a church into the state of immunity. And if the church is not immunized, either there is a problem with the listener or the speaker. That's it. <laughs> because sometimes we put the problem on the pews, but sometimes it's on the pulpit, and there are times when we put it on the pulpit, but it's on the pews. Pastor Mutasa, I think Rev, while Pastor Mutasa is processing this, this is very critical. I see you, you, or yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe just to, just to give you a bit of break, but Brother Mutasa, can you expound medical on the word immune, and the pastors will come with a spiritual context of it. <laughs> Yes, Pastor. Um, it's like what I was saying when I was explaining about the virus, that the main problem with the virus is that it's novel. Being novel is, means that it is a new virus to a person. That means the person had never, his immune system had never had experienced that virus before. So it, does, it doesn't have any memory T cells, you see memory, to recognize the virus to be able to fight it. So when it comes in, it can wreak havoc depending on the state of that person. You understand? On, on how fit the person is. You understand? Because you say, oh, the person, if you don't have an immune system against it, it will, you have to mount another system in your body to fight it, which will be uh, not, not, not killer T cells, which will release cytokines 
interleukin T, all of those uh, cells to try to defeat the, 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 that virus. So immunity means your, that your body has experienced the infection before to understand that when the infection comes in, it is easy for, the, for the, your body to mount an immune system to kill that virus. <laughs> so uh, what you're saying is very interesting, especially so, on the spiritual aspect of it. So mm. if, if, if you have not, like you said, the pastor says, if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, okay. you understand? when a devil comes, he finds the house empty. You understand? Finding the house empty, he can come and break havoc in your life. But if there is, there is somebody in there, in there, faith, the Holy Ghost, in you, when the devil comes, there is a somebody who's guarding you to understand that the devil cannot do as it is with you. I think that is the spiritual aspect of maybe, our maybe, maybe just, I, I did not want to release you from that medical corner. Uh, we still need to continue on that medical call. Now, yeah. <clears throat> vaccine or immunization, how it works. So it means they will inject something, maybe they will inject something in your body. Then that mm -hmm. injection will act out as an infection. It's not an infection, well, but it will act out as an infection. What, what they will do is that they will take the virus yeah. and take maybe a small piece of it, either the capsule, that means the outer covering of it. Yeah. Take it, put it in, in that vaccine, inject it into it. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Hello? Yes, yes. Yes, inject you. it into you. And uh, the reason being, we want you to mount the immune system, but we don't want you to have any infection. So we need to find something in that virus that we can give into you so that the body will recognize that thing as foreign, a virus. Then when it recognizes that foreign, it will mount an immune system against it. But it is not the actual virus. So that is how you, you, you immunize somebody. So you inject something into the body of a patient and whatever, if it is as you say, it will be a, a percentage of the virus. Then it will, it, will, it will act out as a virus to activate antibodies to fight that particular virus that is simulated. It's not the actual virus. It's simulated in preparation that in future, there's going to be the real virus and there should be antibodies to fight against that virus. Now, coming to what Pastor Gwena is simply saying, the question would be based on his quotation. Have we, as spiritual medical practitioners, have we injected the church with this uh, 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 virus, for a lack of a better, or this percentage of virus to activate the antibodies that when the real virus comes, we are in a better position to say the church is immunized. Rev. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go first. All right. No, uh, I it's think quite, for... It's quite, it's quite a slippery road. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And um, Brother Brunham speaks about the word inoculation. I'm sure, Doc, you'd um, try to relate with that word. I inoculation. 
Now, I'm just going to read two quotes, you see, and then I'll, I'll bring it, um, since it's a fine, you know, it's a slippery road, like you said. Now, the same quote that was once referred to, you know, to show uh, the expectation, you see, he said, Brahman says, how are you going to do it? He said, stand still. God is wanting a place. He is wanting to place his church, the sons and daughters of God. He says, God, let me live to see it, is my prayer. So close till I can just feel it with my hands almost look like. It's right here. That's what I've longed to see, waiting for the time when walk down the street, there lays a cripple laying there from his mother's womb, silver and gold of I-9, all waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. He says, hallelujah. When God will make himself known, when they will stop sickness, they will stop cancer, they will stop diseases. You think cancer is something? The Bible says there's coming a time when men will rot in their flesh. And the buzzers will eat off their carcasses before they even die. He says, cancer, a toothache to what's coming. But remember that the horrible thing was forbidden. It comes back to the quote that the pastor read. That forbidden in that day to touch those who had the seal of God. He says, that's what we are striving for now. To get in and be positionally placed into the kingdom of God before these horrible plagues strike. He says, oh, how good. The dispensation of time, fullness of time, he says, the inheritance. Now, one thing to note here, if you are still there, uh, I'm still here. I'm still yes. The, the dynamics, you know, as the prophet is bringing it, you know, he's saying we are actually striving to come to that place where we can be positionally placed in the kingdom of God before these horrible plagues strike. Now, get my point. We said insanity is the footsteps of the plagues that are about to fall in Revelation 16. It's not the plagues, right? It's the preliminary. We are saying the, they will become worse and worse until you know, they fall upon the entire age as the plagues in response to the rejection of the prophet of our day. Now, I'll read another quotation as well. He says in, in the spoken word to see Jesus, now, here was a sign. God told Moses to perform healing down in Egypt. They could do all kinds of enchantments. The magicians could. They would take you know, their Moses would call for fleas. They would call for fleas. Moses would call for lies. They would call for lies. Moses would call for one thing. They would call for the same thing. But they couldn't take it away. They could pronounce a curse, but they couldn't take away the curse. When he called for boils, they broke out in them, and they couldn't heal themselves. You see, the mark of God is divine healing. Now, trying to trade cautiously, I'm bringing the plug of Corona as a preliminary of what's coming, number one. And then I'll show you 
Micaiah in quarantine. And Brabham says this was the hour where the bride had to prepare herself. We call it grace period. So I wouldn't want to be conclusive, you know, to say if it falls upon a certain person, it automatically means that person is not having the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Well, we could say that, but not to say the person is not the bride. If I could bring it in that kind of language, to say, could it mean the person is not a bride material because it falls upon them? I would say, even if it does, there is a people that must be able to take it out. Not the Egyptians, but the manifested sons and daughters of God. I'll give an example. I would say not everybody would be at the same stage in an assembly. Mm. Somebody just got converted and they might not have enough faith to reach the certain heights. But doesn't necessarily disqualify the person from being the bride because they're in a process. That's why the prophet is saying we are actually striving that when these bloods fall, we won't be affected. We must be positionally in Christ. So, so I, I would want to say it may happen that a person may receive those plans, but I wouldn't want to say the person is not part of the bride. And there are a people on the land that will be able to pray for those things as well and mm. cast them out. Mm. Mm. I'll, I'll leave the thin eyes to the next minister. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, brother Victor. Yeah, I think uh, thanks, uh, Pastor Mtasa and uh, Pastor Gwena. Uh, the quotation that Brother Gwena referred to, I think uh, many people have been running with it, but uh, I want to perhaps just uh, take a step back and refer to what my pastor has always taught me: balance and context. I think. Uh, those two are very, very important. So when I was faced with such a scenario uh, with quotation, the only quotation that I could think of was the one Brother uh, Branham preached in 1952 uh, in the message experiences. And uh, I can just read it. He says, last night when I was started to pray and I asked you to bow your head, some wouldn't do it. And that makes it hard on the patient. You see? The only way I can do anything to help you is full cooperation. And let you know this, that when the strange diseases goes out of the people, remember, you are not immune from them. And they are perfectly helpless until they are embodied. So when I look at that condition, I feel he is addressing the church, he is addressing the believers, which I presume filled with the Holy Ghost in the church, and he's saying the only way I can do anything to help you is full cooperation. In other words, he's looking for the church to cooperate with him when he says, let's bow our heads. Because he knows that if these things leave the people that he's praying for, they'll find somebody. So when I looked at that quotation and looked at this quotation, I, can, I think it's two extreme ends and we try to bring them together then I think that's where we can find the answer. Mm. Great stuff. Maybe there is, a, there is a quotation 
in God's provided way of healing, paragraph 44, Brother Brenham says, but look, friend, the time is coming that, that when there is a rising up a church, if we can have faith for divine healing, how are we going to have for the rapture? We've got to move out, friend. We've got to get out of this old, slow church condition that we're in. Step out, launch out, cut the shorelines, get out into somewhere where you lose all senses of fear and doubt, out there where all things are possible, brother, just as free as it can be. You've got to sail, set it towards heaven, and nothing can stay you no way. You are gone that way. That's all. Nothing can harm you. Now, that's the kind of a church that is going to be one of these days, according to the Bible, where the angels put out his wrath and diseases broke out and men and, men and men even rotted in their flesh where they were standing. And the fall of the air come down and eat off the, shoulder, the shoulders and eat the flesh of chief, chief captains and great men, presidents, warriors, diplomats and everything. But the angel was given a charge. Don't come near anywhere that's got the seal of God in their forehead. One of these days, divine healing is going to be a great thing among the people. So let's get in condition. I think here Brother Bram says, chief captains, great men, presidents, warriors, diplomats. Now we've got the queen, we've got even the Prince of England is affected. The Prime Minister is affected. The wife of the a Canadian Prime Minister is affected. Can we take this quotation and apply it on the coronavirus or will it be misplaced? Let me, let me come in there, Pastor Madiba. Yes. Uh, you, you've just got into my, uh, you know, position on this. Because the quotation that I read, yeah, where Brother Branham says that um, it was forbidden to come on anyone that is the Holy Ghost. It's just on top of the one that you have read. Mm. From there, Brother Branham then talks about, um, you know, he says that my hand right now is sore because I had to go and get uh, this yellow fever in the vaccination. Mm. And he says, I told them that I don't need it, but mm. they wouldn't listen to me. So he ended up getting it, complying with a government mm. position. Mm. Yeah? Then he goes on further and he starts talking about what happened in the 1937 flood. And he says, in 1937 flood, somebody met me and said, did you get your shots? And then he said, I say to them, yes, I got it. And he says, when did you get it? He said, three years ago. He says, oh, no, you need another one now. He says, no, I'm getting one every hour. So I don't need that one. Mm. And after that, he then comes to this quotation that you have now read, mm. where he now says, we need to get to that church that will break the shorelines, that will rise up to get to that level where there is no fear, where there is no doubt, mm. where divine healing becomes the thing. Mm. So now... Mm. 
this is what is going to resist these things that are coming to the church. So my, my take on this is, it's not just that we get the church to receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and when we get the church to receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we end there. He says, mm -hmm. how much more teachers ought we to be to get the church in this condition immune? Mm -hmm. So it, it, it is going further than bringing the people to receiving the Holy Ghost, to now getting the people to teach them such that they get to a stage where they now have an immunity within them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is now going to come by a teaching. So the immunity is going to come by a teaching. The prophet of God says, it is the word of God that defeats Satan anytime, any place, under any condition. Mm. He does not say it is the baptism of the Holy Ghost that defeats the church under any condition, under any time. You know? He says, it's the word. But what is it that the baptism of the Holy Ghost does? He says, when he comes in you, he shall lead you into all truth. So our defense is actually in the word. So our Pastor, immunity is in the word. So Pastor Gwena, just a, just a sec. There is a, there, is a, there is a screen that I've shared. I don't know whether everybody can see that. Right. Can you read Psalm 73, verse 5 for us there? They are not in trouble as other men neither are they plagued like other men. Does it resonate with you? With you? Um, yes, in a way, it, 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 it does. Um, it is a people that are in a certain condition. Oh, yes. They have been brought into a condition. Mm. And they are brought into a condition. I'm saying what brings the people into that condition is the teaching that comes upon them. It is the promise of the word that when the people know the promise of the word, it is what gives them immunity. So you are simply saying the coronavirus should not just cause an introspection on the medical science, should not only cause an introspection on commercial leaders, political leaders, even we as message leaders in the message, we must begin to ask ourselves questions. Have we prepared the church for a time such as this? And the question would be, what has been our teaching all along? Because from what Brother Bram says, he says sound teaching will produce immunity. Exactly so. Yeah, before you come in, I will give you a chance, Pastor Mayer. I see you. I don't know whether it's symbolic. You are sort of peeping over something there. I thought maybe you really want to get your ducks in a row. This is now for me. I think the entire meeting, and I mean, we're working towards close, but I think this is the core to say how, how, what is our response to coronavirus? Do we run for cover like everybody else and, and, and look like people that do never have an answer? Or do we take it as a message community and say, if they show down, we can use this message to tell the world that we had a prophet that foretold these things and not only foretold, but 
Paul prepared us and we've got antidote against this and his divine healing. Have we got that boldness? I think that is the question that is now being asked. Rev? Okay, yeah. Uh, because a few well, things maybe I mean, before Rev comes. We, 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 can, we can take a cautionary sherry approach and say that it's not a big deal. Uh, and really be... Uh, walk a fine line and not really show our position. And if we don't show our position, it will never instill a sense of boldness in the members of the bride. They will elsewhere take the same position that we are taking. So the question would be, being bold in the midst of this crisis, is it, is it, is it, is it, is it being reckless or we still need to be conscious about it? Rev. Okay. Um, I think this is uh, like, like real thin ice. Um, to begin with, to, to say if maybe somebody is infected with this disease and they are to die. You see, uh, I've seen a circulation that has gone around, I think some of you have seen it, of, of somebody who is very prominent in the message that has passed on because mm. of this COVID-19. Mm. Now, you see, uh, you, you want to weigh everything. I think, I think, I think uh, the reason why the Navy SEALs are called the most uh, you know, professional people is because of emotional intelligence. Uh, I believe I believe a believer can be affected. You can you can actually contract the disease. Uh, but if you are to die, I don't think you would be dying from the disease. You'll be dying because it's your time. Uh, if you are to die, it's because of time, not because of the disease. If you are a believer. Brother Branham says, what it will take to stand in that day is a scriptural trained church. Now, Brother Branham says, there's an incident that took place in Branham Tabernacle. A person died and the elders of Branham Tabernacle came together to pray. And the person came back from the dead. And Brother Branham said, that the reason why they were able to do that is because these men were trained. In other words, you could actually have the Holy Ghost, but if you are not trained, you could die. Now, uh, what I'm saying is, I don't believe the message of the hour at any time is reactionary. Very interesting analogy there. So you, can have, you can have the right gun. Yeah for the right purpose, but not be trained to handle it. That, that's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, and, and Brother Branham comes and brings uh, the point, Brother Mtasa, of Titus. Uh, when, 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 when Brother Branham says, in the message on certain sound, he says, when, when the armies besieged Jerusalem, the priests of that day, they said, let us now go to the temple to go and pray. He says that was an uncertain sound because that's not what Jesus had taught. 
He says the message of Jesus, it actually taught that when you see Jerusalem besieged by armies, if you're in the field, return not. If you're in the house, go not on the housetop. Flee uh, to the mountains. That was the, he says, and it took men that were trained in the voice of Jesus to know how to react at that time. So, if, if the word has not been propagated enough, you cannot, oh my, okay, uh, just allow me to, 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 to say what I want to say. You, we, we, we cannot have a reactional church today. We're we, 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 we giving you room to, to speak. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Brother Mutlab, I was, I was following up what they did. They say when horses are infected with flu-like conditions, what they would do is they put a sack on the horse's nose and the, the other horse snorts into the sack. And then they take that sack and put it on other horses that are not infected yet. By the time the virus is trying to, to be contagious from this horse to the other horse, this horse has already built an immune to fight that. Uh, now, we have all agreed, we have put a baseline that this virus, there is a God element in this virus. And I believe we don't have to infect the, the, the believer with, with, the, with, with, a, with a demon pathogen for him to build a, 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 an antibody that will fight a demon. We have to put the God element that is already in this plague because it is not a mystery that the frogs will jump out of the water. It's not a mystery. In the days of Moses, scientists can prove that the waters were contaminated and frogs could live in water and can live outside of the water. So for you to come and say it's the, it's the message of Moses and these plagues are caused by Moses, they will, they will scientifically prove that it's not. Because they're saying the reason why the frogs are jumping out is because the waters are contaminated. But the God element is the frogs knows the address of Pharaoh. You see? So, to us, we know that this is not just a virus. In this virus, maybe they've put in a, a, a bit from the pangolin, a bit from the bed, but there's a bit from God. That's why they cannot cure it. So if the believer has got the God element in him, when the when the virus comes, he's got, he's got an immune system that's already built. And that immune system is built by teaching. I'm sorry for the evangelists. But it takes proper teaching to immunize the believer. Because if you, if you understand the quotation that Brother, Brother Mtasa has already highlighted, he says, if the believers know their position, and what positionally places the believer is true teaching, nothing else. So if somebody is not taught, he is going to start today to say, coronavirus, you are under my feet. I cast you out in the name of Jesus. We are not even wanting to cast out coronavirus because we are not reacting. We are like the disciples that are trained in the voice of Jesus. Brother Branham says in the message, who is God? He says, grant, Lord, that something will be said tonight or done that will cause the wayward to turn to Christ. For we feel praised in the spirit that the great judgments are upon the lands in the last days. Plagues, diseases, germs already bred up. Already bred up to be scattered throughout the nations. He says, no doctor 
even know how to take a hold of it. Oh God, we will have to believe in divine healing then. This is 1950. But divine healing has to be taught first for them to believe in it. So this is an activation of something that is already in you. He says, when nations are breeding gems together, that's why we say this is, this is no, uh, no surprise. When nations are breeding gems together to burst them in bombs and millions die in hours, but oh, we are so thankful that when the destroying angel went forth, you said, touch not. Uh, none of those that the seal of the father, uh, that have got the seal of the father upon their head. Now, I want to bring an element in that clause. You see, Brother Branham says divine healing is the earnest of the rapture. So, to me, if you are going to have to qualify to be in the rapture, you must be able to defeat coronavirus. If you can't defeat coronavirus, you might still be on the other side, but you'll be waiting for us in the sixth dimension. Because divine healing is the earnest of the rapture. But the scripture says, this is the time where the third pool is proven. I think this is the time where we suspend the second pool because if the disease is being given by laying on of hands, the Bible even says, be quick to lay no hands on no man. This is the time where we should believe in speaking the word now. Because the scripture says, I send my word to heal your disease. So if you have not believed that the word is healing, and if that word is not already in you, you are going to try to work yourself up in gymnastics to try and react to the problem. And yet the children of God are not reactionaries. They're not supposed to react. If we see Titus marching in, we start walking to the mountains. While everybody's saying, let's go to church to pray, we walk to the mountains. While everybody's now shimandering to try and cast out coronavirus, we must already have the word inside of us, built to fight this, uh, this virus. Brother Brenham says in the message, Jesus keeps all his appointments. And I hear you, you say we must not be reactionary. Now, he says, I think it's paragraph three, he says, any shepherd is interested in getting his sheep with the virus. And all the spiritual virus as it was, that helps the sheep to grow into strong faith in our, in our God. So you simply say, this moment where, this juncture where we find ourselves in, depends on what you've been feeding on all along. Mm. It said that you have the vitamin or you don't, you don't have it. You, and, we and can't can... now. We can't now react. Okay, I, I get So you can, you can rush and get vitamins and try to give the ship and overnight it becomes immunized. This should have been happening all along before this. That's right. That's yes, right. Just like the rapture. We are not going to try and start saying, Let's get ready for the rapture now. The curtains are closing. It's a process. The curtains, just like in the day of Noah, who closes the door? It's God. When Noah was quarantined in the in the in the in the in the in the in that uh, in that ship, God closes the door because men will never repent. 
That's why you find today we've got believers that are on the internet trying to look for the vaccine, even if they are not infected, because they are not taught well. Okay, great stuff. Uh, Pastor Gwena, I think, I think, should I say, maybe let's, let's wrap up. Is it fine? Just five minutes, let's wrap up. Uh, look, it has been a very interesting discussion. I've got comments. People are streaming. We are, we are live. Uh, we, we've had the teething problems. But uh, I think, I think this, this discussion warrants that we should have part two, if time permits. Your thoughts, Pastor Gwen? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you any better. Um, I think it has been a very, very fruitful discussion. And um, like you said, you know, in our uh, direct conversation that the moment you just come in and not get the different perspectives from others will not do justice to a discussion. I've really, really enjoyed, you know, the perspectives that others have brought into this. But um, yes, in conclusion, I want to agree that... Um, but what we need now is that church that is getting ready for the rapture. It is that church that is prepared to meet the challenge of the hour. And it is a function of what we as the pastors have been teaching. God bless. God bless you. Brother Victor, your parting shot. All I can say, brother, is uh, to the church out there, I think we are not on our own. God is with us. When, when Noah and the team went to the ark, God was already in the ark. He said, come in. Otherwise, we'd have said, go in. So whatever we are and wherever we are in the quarantine, we, God is with us. And uh, what I can say as well is, it's, there's nothing new. Uh, like what the doc said, I alluded to. These things have just come in different forms and all that stuff. It might be a different form now, much higher and much different from what we have seen, but uh, I think the pattern is still the same. But I think like what uh, uh, Pastor Maher was alluding to, we have been fed the word. The word is now, we now need to activate what is already in us to be able to um, live through and see through these moments. Thank you. God bless you, Brother Victor. Uh, Pastor Mutaza? Yeah. God bless you, saints. Uh, it was quite a fruitful discussion. And um, I would like maybe to leave this final remarks to say as uh, the two weeks gap, you know, that was given to the children of Israel in the time of Titus. Uh, it was a season for preparation. Uh, it was not a season for, you know, prosperity gospels that... Uh, Jerusalem is the apple of God's eye. You know, for Jerusalem's sake, I will not hold my peace. You know, it was actually a season of looking back, the Holy Ghost bringing to remembrance what Christ had preached. Not only recognizing that it was a prophecy being fulfilled, but actually recognizing there was an action, a behavior that was expected. That after we have recognized its scripture fulfilling, we have to take our flight. So what I'm seeing in all this and what I'll leave for the children of God is God 
the delay of Titus. It was two weeks. Uh, I would say there's a delay somehow of what is really supposed to take place. And we know what is about to come. Revelation 16 has to be fulfilled. But the bride will not be part of that great tribulation. But God has given us a chance by seeing the fulfillment of scripture that we prepare. We take our flight and we cannot give you hope that uh, this will pass away. And when it passes away, life will be normal. No, we'll be lying to you. But we are saying to you, make your life right. Trim your lamp. And do not let this season pass you by without a closer walk with God. Because you might find out when Titus comes in, nobody will be able to come out. Everybody will be logged in for the great massacre. God bless you, ministers. I really appreciate. I rest my case. Well, Pastor Mahera. Yeah, we appreciate God. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Madiba. Thank you for this uh, initiative. Uh, well, like cancer is a fourth dimension sickness. I believe this is uh, a fifth dimension sickness. <laughs> I believe it's, uh, you see, after 4G, they are now having 5G, which is now manipulation of human perceptions, ushering us into Revelation chapter 9. What, what I can say is uh, really to the children of God, to, to the sons and daughters of God that are out there, the message is clear. It's, it's, it's lamp uh, trimming time. It's, it's time for self-introspection. Uh, it's even if, even if we're to have 50 years from now, this message will not change. It has been preached in 1958. It has been preached in 1947. It has been preached in 1964. It remains the truth. The judgments of God are upon us. But I believe this is a serious warning shot which, which no man can say in certainty that we can come out of it. There is no man that can say in certain terms to say we're going to come out or if we are going to come out, we can't say we're going to come out stronger. But what we can say as the bride, there's a certain fortitude that we should uh, bring ourselves into by the words that has already been preached to us and by the words that we're eating right now while we are in this, uh, in this quarantine, I believe uh, there's a bigger plague, over, uh, bigger than, 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 than coronavirus, which is the plague called sin. And that's what we should be immunized from. And if God can be gracious enough that uh, the remnant of the believers uh, could come into the fold right now, uh, that, is, that would be my prayer for, for the bride and uh, that, uh, you know, and for the, for the land, that would be my prayer. Thank you. A great stuff. Brother Mutavi, I think Rev once preached a message called balance. I'm the Lord of thy God that healeth thee of all thy diseases. The counterbalance will be, you not tempt, tempt the Lord of thy God. So what I need to know from your side, as we are getting... As we are dealing with this pandemic, how do we not tempt the Lord our God by taking precautionary, precautionary measures? Yes, Pastor. Um, 
<laughs> for me, it is a very interesting discussion that I was not going to miss because as one person who's a health professional, professional who's at the forefront, one of the frontliners, who's going to go, who's supposed by law to go out every day and then deal with the disease, see people, help, not, not caring for self, but showing more care for the other men. You, it was something that I wanted to, 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 to come and hear, especially about the part that we just mentioned, the last part. What happens if a believer gets coronavirus? Does it mean that the person doesn't have the Holy Ghost, doesn't have the word? So it was an eye open. But on, on that, to make sure that we do not tempt God, we do everything, because God has given us the brain to be able to do things that we're supposed to do, like to take care of ourselves, to do prevention, preventive measures. So what we need to do to be able to be safe is to be able to follow the, 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 the directive that have been given us for lockdown to be able to be to serve social isolation, social distancing, hygiene. If you go there, be able to know that one of the methods for you to be able not to get the virus, you need to be able to wash your hands constantly, be able to, to know that the virus can stay on the surface for even a metal surface for up to 24 hours. So if you touch something, go there, wash your hands, as we have been taught, go there, uh, remain indoors so that you don't get infected. Then I think if we follow those directives, then we will be safe. Yes. Great stuff. I, I believe everyone is, these days has got a sanitizer. Everybody knows about a sanitizer. From my side is that every member of the bride must get a spiritual sanitizer, sanitize their souls. And the sanitizer is the message of the hour. Listen to the tapes. We have taught them what, how they need to respond in a moment of crisis. We are not driven by fear. We are driven by faith. And I just want to really, really applaud you for making time uh, so that we can have these discussions. Look, uh, quite frankly, they say the tallest tree catches the most wind. For the mere fact that you came out here and we have had these robust discussions, there would be criticism over here and there, but we don't care about critics. We, how, we, we just see an opportunity to say, how can we add value to the members of the bride by discussing what people normally would discuss behind closed doors and say, whatever discussions that we are having behind closed doors are normal and can be answered by ministers. And these ministers are equally prepared for this time and they've got uh, the way to respond to this. So, very much, uh, thank you very much. We have had teething problems, uh, but I think now we know how to get this car moving. And as you agree, I'll send an invitation so that we can have part two of this. I can tell you, it means so, so much to the children of God so that, I mean, we are almost five steps ahead of the devil. He thought we would never have a fellowship because of social distancing. But we are taking his technology and using it for the advancement of the bride. Much, much appreciated. Thank you very much and for your families. We'll send an invite and check your availability for part two. But fruitful discussions. I've learned so much. 
I spoke to Brother uh, Reverend T that I'm not going to say much. I'm going to lean and I leaned so much. So thank you very much for your contribution. Part two to be followed. Thank you. God bless.